Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, hello, hello. Wow. What a week. What a week. How are you doing? Really? Step in right now into yourself and just check in. How are you doing? Notice how you're feeling. It's okay. Remember, we can feel our feelings and we can move through them. We're often so afraid that if we feel it, it's going to overtake us and we're going to go in the downward spiral. Feel your feeling and move through. Feel it. Feel it in your body and move through. These are difficult and challenging times. And we could say, Corinne, that's a story. There's a tremendous amount of uncertainty in the world right now with COVID happening. Recognize how you're feeling. Feel it in your body. We're supposed to feel all the feelings. Remember that. We don't want to dim the dark because you can't feel the light. We feel the feelings and then we move through it. And learning how to feel our feelings is so, so important, especially in this time with COVID and what's happening in this global pandemic. I've been thinking a lot about you and our community here, and I've been thinking about my clients and the groups that I run and And I've had to give myself permission in the last week that we're going to work through this. I'm in it for the long haul. I've always have been. I've been doing the show since 2006. I've been having my clients since after that. I'm in it for the long haul. And I'm not a sprinter. I'm really not a sprinter in real life. Like I have no fast twitch muscle fibers and I'm not a sprinter in life. So a lot of people are jumping in and doing stuff and getting things going and I didn't have the capacity. I was managing things on the ground floors of the things that I'm responsible for. And a week ago, I had to give myself a lot of permission and grace to do the things that I could do and make the decisions that I could make in that moment. And I didn't have the capacity to think forward. I didn't have the capacity to think beyond the next 72 hours. If it was Friday, what was going to happen on Monday? I didn't have beyond that. And that was okay. And I gave myself a lot of grace last week. So for you, recognize where you are. Some of you all of a sudden found yourself working at home and thinking, oh, well, now that I'm home, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. I should be doing this and noticing you may not be feeling very good. You may have a headache. You may, your tummy may hurt and it has nothing to do with having the virus. It just may be that you're exhausted, you're stressed, you're anxious, right? And that's why you're feeling those things. So just pay attention to that instead of going, oh, I need to be the overachiever and I need to get all the stuff done. That's our tendencies. Like, wow, there's all this white space or I'm going to go from working in my workplace to now working from home and it's going to go swiftly and efficiently. No, 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 my friend. There is lots of messes in this process. And we will get through the other side, but going through to get to the results that you want is going to be messy. There are going to be obstacles. So notice and check in with what capacity you have. Last Friday, I was on a plane the day before and I turned around as soon as I landed and came back because things were swiftly changing in those flights. And so I came back and we we're making decisions. And the only thing I did do when I got home is I immediately went and took a shower and put all my clothes in the hamper because I just wanted to get 
cleaned off from the flight. And then we started making some decisions of things that we needed to make in that moment, right? Very calmly, very grounded. We made those decisions. And then Friday morning I woke up and I was kind of sitting here waiting for meetings and stuff. And when I evaluated my day at the end of the day, and it was a long one, I think I got done working about 10 o'clock, 1030 at night. When I got done working, I looked at my output and what I had done and pre-COVID-19, I guess, I would have said, wow, Corinne, really? That was not a very good day. Very judgmental. I can be hard on myself still. But I looked at it and I said, Corinne, your capacity in trying to figure things out in the unknowns, this is what you could do. This was what you had the capacity for. I wrote one Sunday love about anxiety and feeling anxiety that went out that Sunday. And I've had so many people thank me about it because it really helped them. And that was really all I did here for our community. That was all I had capacity for because I had another community I was also responsible for with the Aqua Monsters. I just give you that story as an opportunity to think about and check in, not what is somebody else's truth or what is somebody else's capacity, but really checking into what is your capacity? What do you have the ability to do right now? And what do you not? There are things in my inbox that I haven't gotten to, and I've given myself permission that yes, they need to be handled, but not right now because there are other decisions that are more critical that I need to answer. So it's a way of triaging my responsibilities and based on the capacity I have and the deadlines or the certain circumstances that are going on. I've been really honest with myself. And the beautiful thing is, is that I have been doing a good job of getting night's sleep. You know, over the weekend, it was up much later than I normally am. I think of like midnight. But then as the week came through and I was going through the work week, I started getting back to going to sleep at night, waking up in the morning, making sure I worked out. And that's the other thing that I did. I become more constrained with my life. There's been more structure and more scheduled. I went in and I needed to make adjustments because normally I get up early in the morning. I go work out someplace that's not happening and shelter in place, shelter at home. So I've been working at home. So I flip some stuff so I don't work out so early that it wakes up my home. And I've been doing other things before that. So I flip flop some of my calendar. And then I also cleaned up some other areas because while I'm used to working at home, I'm used to working at home and nobody else being here. And so now we are all here. So we have some really good boundaries about when I'm working at home and the door is shut and nobody comes in. And that's been established for like about 12 years. So that's not been an issue. But now explaining that, you know, while I'm working, we're not going to have the TV on. People are going to be doing their own work or their own reading. It's going to be, you know, some downtime. And then we can do that kind of entertainment. So we have a lot more structure and what the work hours are. And even with the recording of the podcast, again, normally I have it very quiet. There's nothing to worry about. And I've had to go back and tell my family, okay, I'm recording right now. And people need to not make any noise. (laughs) So they're all under, it's got to be really quiet right now. Because even if it doesn't get picked up on the microphone, I can kind of hear it. It's funny. I can hear like the coffee mug going down on the island and we're not that close, but I do hear it. I'm just more sensitive to it. And I'm not quite sure if it picks up on the sound, but I don't want it to be here because it distracts me. So be really honest with yourself. Give yourself permission 
It's not being like, oh, permission to indulge or to say, oh, I don't need to do this, or I'm just going to stay up really late and have a party, you know, in my mouth. I'm not talking about that. Give yourself permission for what, you know, you have true capacity for and what you don't, making sure that you follow through on the responsibilities and the commitments that you've made and knowing really what's really important and what can wait and you'll come back to. That's really being a leader in your life, being a leader in your family, being a leader of you. That's what's important is knowing what are the things that are important and what are the things that can wait or maybe don't even matter anymore. There are some things that don't matter. Like my office right now is not to the standard I like. There's some bags that need to be unpacked and there's some poster boards on the ground right now. It's not to the standard and that's okay because that's not something that I've had capacity for because I've been using brain juice for other areas. So today I'm going to be talking with you about managing all the emotions around you. There's a lot of emotions. If you go to Costco, if you go to the grocery store, right? There's a lot of emotions you've been experiencing, especially before we've been moving to this more social distancing. When we were still in contact with humans, there was a lot more emotions. And how I want you to feel, what I invite you to dial up in today's episode is to feel compassionate. One, so that you can receive this information. And two is compassion is one of my favorite emotions. For me, it's a very powerful emotion. It's very grounding. When I can get grounded, I can be a much better leader. I can support people. I can take care of myself. So compassion is one of my favorite go-tos. It's definitely more correlating with a growth mindset and to be compassionate than to be in shame or in fear. And what I want you to know is how to be around everyone's energy. Because now that we're at home with each other, how do you be around each other's energy? And that's going to be something new. Or when you do go out or when you're on social media, how do you be around other people's energy and not taking it on? Notice I said managing all the emotions around you, not trying to control them. What we try to do is control other people's emotions that is not possible. So it's about managing their emotions. And from the show, you're going to learn how to ground yourself so you can move through people's emotions, move through the emotions that you're feeling instead of attaching to them or catching them. One of the concepts I like to think about is when people don't understand how to manage their emotions, what they do is that they offload it. I think of the game hot potato. It's like, I have this hot potato. It's too hot for me to hold. It's too uncomfortable. So I'm going to throw it to you and you need to hold it. Make sure it doesn't go on the ground. You don't have to catch it. You don't have to catch their emotions, right? And when people don't understand how to process their emotions, understand their emotions, feel them and move through. That's what happens. We put it onto other people and emotions are highly contagious. Like it's like, oh, well they're in fear. So I need to be in fear. And am I doing something wrong? And then we get into all the self-doubt. So with today's show, it's about managing your emotions. Years ago, I had interviewed Dr. Joe Bolte-Taylor, who wrote the book, My Stroke of Insight. And I interviewed her and we'll put a link in the show notes and she taught me a couple things. So let me give you a little backstory of her. She's a Harvard trained. I love, I always love these researchers, right? I love these PhD people because they go out and do this work. Then they show us their findings. I don't want to be the researcher. I just want to know what the science is. So she grew up with a brother who was schizophrenic and she was fascinated by the brain and she became interested in neuroscience and then got a PhD from Harvard. And when she was 37 years old, one morning she woke up and she realized, 
oh my gosh, I'm having a stroke. And there was a part of her that was like, this is so cool, right? The scientist part of her, like, look, I get to experience this. This is amazing. Look what's happening. And then there's the other part of her who's like the high performer overachiever of like, I don't have time for this. I got stuff to do. I have work to go do. I don't have time for this because her world was slowing down and she was having the stroke and she was experiencing it. But she kept saying, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. So that was one part. And you can go back and hear the whole interview as she goes through that experience. But one of the things that she learned as she was in the hospital recuperating from her stroke was about people's energies because she lost her ability to understand language. And she started to understand that people aren't very responsible. They may say something, but there's something else that's going on underneath. And she noticed it when people who would come in to take care of her, they would bring in their energy. Maybe they were mad about a conversation outside the room, maybe about something that was going on at home and they would come in and she could feel it. So one of the concepts that Jill Bolte Taylor taught me 11 years ago or so was to be responsible for the energy you bring into the room. And the other concept that she taught me is that feelings only last 90 seconds. And you're like, oh no, Corinne, I've been anxious now for about a week and a half or three weeks. So what Jill will say about that is that feelings come in waves and we will feel them. And our feelings come from our thoughts and the stories we tell ourselves. So if we keep retelling ourselves these stories, plus with the added component of we have 40,000 to 60,000 thoughts that go on in our brain on a daily basis. And if it keeps telling us the story of like, things are out of control, this is horrible, it's the end of the world, da 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 da, like notice the feeling state that gets dialed up within you. Feelings, what I've learned, my metaphor for feelings is like the ocean. There are big waves, there are little waves, there's periods of calm. The wave comes and it breaks and then it goes back out and it comes and it breaks and it goes back out. Those are like feelings. So the thing that we're so afraid of and why we hot potato, why we offload onto other people is we're so afraid that this feeling is going to anchor us down. It's going to weigh us down. And this one client, he used to always tell me, she doesn't do it anymore, but she used to say, Corinne, I'm going to go down that rabbit hole and I'm never going to come out. I'm like, but there is no rabbit hole. We're so afraid of these feelings that it's going to take us down and that we don't want to feel them. So then we offload them and we create other harm with other people right? So that may be happening in your world where you're around all these people who aren't used to feeling their feelings, who aren't being responsible for their feelings and they're offloading it and you're tending to catch it. Or you're believing that it's your job to be responsible for other people's feelings. One of the things that my clients have told me all week is they've been so grateful that we do this work together because they have this emotional resilience to be able to move through this really difficult and challenging situation. And they actually call it pretty interesting situation. Not that there aren't concerns, like one of my clients, her husband's working in the hospital right now. So there are deep concerns for her, but she's like, I'm so grateful that I'm doing this work. I have another client that's been affected in her business and they're shut down. And she's like, I'm so grateful to be doing this work because she understands her emotions. She knows how to stay grounded through the mess of all this. And it doesn't mean when they're staying grounded that they don't at times worry because they will worry. It doesn't mean that they don't start to dress rehearse tragedy because we do. They're going to feel all the feelings, but what my clients know is they can feel them all and move through it. And remember, Brene Brown says, if you can't feel the bad, you dim the good. So we want to feel all of them. What we don't want to do is get stuck in them or hurt somebody because we're offloading our pain onto them. We don't want to offload our pain. We want to be responsible for our pain. 
So we all have emotions. We are emotional beings. (laughs) Most of the world may not understand their emotions. I know that this can be a struggle for my clients who are like, I'm doing this work, but what about everybody else? I understand that I'm used to being around large groups of people. And what I've learned how to do is ground myself so that when I walk into a space, I am not taking on their energy. And I allow them to have their feelings and I stay in my own energetic space, my own feeling space. The best way for me to do that is compassion, to be compassionate. So if I think, oh, they shouldn't be judgmental, they shouldn't be in a place of fear, they shouldn't be in a place of judgment, I start to get in a place of judgment and that's rooted in shame. And so instead I'm like, oh, of course, they're really afraid right now. I get it. Or this is their difficult experience. I get it. For them, this is something that's difficult. And it could be sometimes I notice with my own daughter, she's a senior and she has been, you know, a bit sad. Like the senior year is not playing out the way that she thought it would. And she's been a bit sad. And at first I was like, not compassionate. I go, well, you know, it's kind of a privilege issue. Like if this is our biggest concern and I thought about it, I'm like, but this is her, this is her sadness and not giving her the space to grieve it. And so I had to go back to her and say, I didn't have to go back to her, but I chose to go back to her and say, Hey, I can see that this is really hard. I understand it's really hard for you right? There were things that you were looking forward to for not just, you know, the last six months, but for a long time, she's a senior in high school. So for the last, you know, whenever she became aware of all these things, you know, whether it's 12 years or 10 years or eight years, but it's been something that she's been looking forward to. And so it's about letting, realizing that some of those stories are going to change some of those outcomes. And we don't even know how they're going to change. And honestly, like right now, we don't even know if they will change, but there can be a change. So it's the like grieving of the potential loss and allowing her have the space of it without me taking on her feelings of, oh, she's sad. And it's now my job to make her happy because our thoughts create our feelings. So it's allowing her the space to feel. So there's that one aspect. Then there's the aspect of the feelings of panic and fear and anger. And again, it's all understandable. The big thing is that if people are in that place, it's so easy to get into that panic and go in with them. It's like you can be (laughs) totally calm and rational and grounded. And then all of a sudden somebody's in this place of fear and you could start to go, oh my gosh, maybe it's not going to be okay. And you can take on their emotions. That's again, why it's so important to have compassion and empathy. Empathy is perspective taking perspective. What do I know is true today? What do I know is true right now? I've asked myself that question a lot in this last week. And if you're an empath and you're highly susceptible to other people's feelings, know that about yourself too. Some people may not be susceptible and some people are, but know that it doesn't mean you're bad, but know that. And then it's about knowing and understanding what is it that you need. So like, again, my favorite word is to stay grounded. Years ago, I had gone away. I was at a conference and event and it was great. And I felt really good. And I was open and, you know, in some ways like not guarded. I came back, I was coaching the monsters and it was just this lovely afternoon. And there's a lot of energy. And I had a parent come in through the gate and I could tell as she was walking into the gate that there was going to be this offloading of emotion. I could read it, but I wasn't aware of it until after I reflected and looked back. And I remember I was driving away going, what's wrong? I I was really happy like an hour ago and what had happened and I couldn't figure it out. And what I realized 
as I was going through this work and I was talking to a friend and she, one of the ways to get grounded, here's a couple strategies. One of the ways to get grounded is to go out into nature and it is to go be with nature. And that's why being outside or, you know, standing on grass can be really great is you just go out and you get connected with nature. So with what's going on with COVID, you may not be able to go very far. Maybe it's the backyard. Maybe it's your front yard. Maybe it's looking out the window, depending on where you are. How can you do that? The other thing that I often do, because for me, water is very grounding. Makes sense. I'm a blue mind. Water is very grounding. So sometimes just standing in a shower can be really grounding and having the water hit because I'm not somebody who swims anymore. Sometimes if I'm just out and about, it's about thinking about, and I think they used to have this at Disneyland, the water that comes out from the ground up and it makes like a wall of water, putting that wall of water between you and the other person. So they may be trying to offload their emotions onto you, but it would have to go through water and it's going to fall down. Those are things that you can do to visualize or to physically ground yourself beyond just, okay, compassion. Like I know how to dial up compassion. I know how to, one of the things that I tell myself when I walk into the aqua monsters, it's so automatic is that of course there's going to be issues. Of course there's going to be obstacles. I'm dealing with all these people. There's going to be stuff and I can figure things out. So I'm already grounded. Instead of thinking there shouldn't be problems, there shouldn't be issues. I shouldn't have to deal with this stuff, which as soon as I do that, I can feel my anxiety coming up. So I just know that of course it's going to happen. Or one of the things I think about, because parents will often be like, oh, soulmates, they shouldn't have these problems with computers. And I'm like, it's a miracle that we get a swim meet finished. We have like a few hundred kids running around. We have parent volunteers running the meet. So it's not even the same crew and we're putting on an event. And then our meet is run on a computer where the cables are running through water. <laughs> it's all coiled up, but they're running through water. So I'm like, basically it's a miracle that we get it done. And the only thing I know is we can have a timeline and endpoint. There may be a shit show of getting it done because the computer often goes down but we will get it done. I've yet to be at a swim meet that didn't get done, even when there's obstacles, because we can figure things out. So one of the things that allows me to stay calm is that I can figure things out. In this situation, there's a lot of stuff for me not to figure out. My job is not to figure out how to keep somebody alive at a hospital. That's not the role that I play on this planet. So what are the things that I can figure out within my scope of how I contribute in this world? that is how I stay grounded. I look at what do I know and what can I do? And I dial up compassion and empathy. So you, maybe you're going, but Corinne, I'm socially distancing myself. So I don't have the ability to feel other people's feelings. I get it. And there's still social media and my friend, it is swimming with emotions. It is so interesting. There's a lot of judgment out there about what people should and shouldn't be doing. You know, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of panic. So there's a lot of emotions out there, right? And that can dial up panic. It's like, oh my gosh, because we can get so <laughs> fantastic at dress rehearsing tragedy, right? I could read a few articles and my brain can go all the way out there. So managing emotions of all around us, it's all around us, even if we're social distancing. Now, here's the thing, how we respond to other people's feelings. That's something we want to be aware of do you run away from people? You're like, okay, I'm just going to hide. Well, again, I explained ways that we couldn't hide, right? Another thing that we can do is we can try to change them. That's good luck with that. Trying to change other people's emotions. That doesn't usually work too well. Or we can quietly take it on like, okay, they're having this, they're upset. Okay. I'm just going to take it on. I'm going to take it on. I'm going to take it on. 
but there's going to be a cost to you because at some point you're going to blow. It's like a volcano that's ready to blow. You're going to blow. And maybe that's overeating, over drinking, you know, overspending. Maybe it's, you know, just you're beating yourself up. So quietly taking other people's emotions on can be a cost to you. So here's what I want you to do. Here's my invitation for you. I want you to give yourself a timeout, five minutes, right? Give yourself five minutes in a weird sense. Right now, you may actually have five minutes unless you're in the medical profession or you're, you know, serving the hospitals and you're the custodians and you're taking care of the space or you're one of those necessary functions Then you're not going to have five minutes and you're going to say, Corinne. But if you do have five minutes, I invite you to step away from the phone or from others and check in with yourself. And you can even hit pause on this podcast and check in with yourself. Notice how you're feeling. Name the feeling that you're feeling. What are you feeling? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? What are you feeling? Just notice it. Notice where is this feeling coming from? Is it something that you picked up like I did with my friend many years ago? Or is it something that you're dialing up because of something that you're telling yourself? Like somebody said, oh, it's over. The stock market's doomed. It's doomed. And you believe it's doomed, right? You're so now you're attaching to somebody else's fear. Pay attention to that. Notice how you're feeling. And then here's what I want you to do. I want you to take four deep breaths. This is called square breathing or they have yoga breaths. So you're going to inhale for four seconds, hold for four seconds exhale for four seconds, hold for four seconds, inhale for four seconds, hold for four seconds, exhale for four seconds and do that. And that will help you with your stress response. And that's something that they use in the military. It's also used in yoga. So square breathing. So when you notice these negative feelings, check in and ask yourself, what are these feelings telling me? Am I feeling anxious? And is that because like, I'm believing that what somebody else is believing that we're not in control or am I feeling fear? You know, somebody's again, I talked about the stock market. Oh my God, the stock market went down and I'm not feeling safe, right? Am I feeling shame? You know, because shame's highly contagious. So somebody else is feeling it. It goes down their pant leg across the floor, up your pant leg and around your neck. It's like a noose, right? We can take on their feelings. There's this group thing that happens. Are you feeling judgment? Notice what you're feeling. And then what I like to do when I've taken on people's feelings, when I'm not grounded, when I have that ability to take it on, my thought is to check in with myself. What is it that I need? If I'm so susceptible to other people's feelings, what is it that I need? It may be that I need sleep. I haven't been sleeping well. And maybe I need space. Sometimes like even on those pool decks and I've got that place pretty dialed down. It just may be like, okay, I'm just going to go stand here and just breathe for four seconds before I go back into the hustle of everybody's energy and anxiety and fear. I just ground myself. And of course the parents love me because I'm pretty calm at those things. So I've got good energy that I'm bringing into that space right? Because I've grounded myself so well. But sometimes in those circumstances, it's about me getting grounded again. The other thing you can do is figure out what is true. What is true and what is not true? You know, when I was talking about the stock market, it's like, oh my God, the stock market's crashed and the senators have sold their stocks well before they knew COVID, right? That was this morning's news. And the rest of us who aren't in the know, we're screwed and the stock market's over. I mean, that's literally where my brain was when I first started reading the New York Times this morning but I don't know if any of that's true. Like I know that they sell their stocks. 
I don't know what's going to happen to the stock market, but all I know is what I know today, right? So I get myself granted. So check into what is true. It could be for you that connecting with somebody you love, somebody you've earned the right to hear their story, connecting with somebody is really, really important for you. And maybe physically you can't be with them, but now we have so much technology. It could be a text. I was thinking about a friend who's a doctor and I just, I'm going to text her and just check in with her. It could be FaceTime, right? There could be Zoom. It could be within your own home. Connect with somebody if that helps you become grounded. And it could be you disconnect from media, social media. A couple nights ago, I was reading stuff and I was on social media and I was reading the New York Times. And then finally at 545, I said, okay, I'm done. I noticed a lot of fear coming up, a lot of panic coming up. I was absorbing stuff from the social media. I was finding articles on New York Times that were igniting concern and fear. And I said, okay, what do I know that's true today? And I'm going to put this phone away for tonight and I'll come back to it tomorrow because I'd hit my capacity, I'd hit my resilience. So you can stop watching the news or stop reading the news. I think many of us have been kind of on this multi-hour news cycle and we can reduce it because these news stories aren't, while they're frequent, maybe not, we need them to be as, as frequent depending on what you do in the world and how, you know, what your responsibilities are. You can fill yourself up and your brain up with entertaining and joyful things. I mean, that's one of the things that we've been working on as a family. We played a game last night. The interesting thing is we play this game that we love. It's such an awesome game. It's called Pandemic. This global pandemic has given definitely new meaning to my family's understanding of this game, especially my kids. If that brings you fun, for some people, they may say there's no way they can play pandemic while they're in a global pandemic. I get it. Maybe it's watching television, watching movies, you know, being deliberate about what do you listen to? I've been very deliberate about what do I listen to on my podcast, on my audible, really being deliberate. So checking in, do you need something that's entertaining? right? Or do you need something to help you figure things out? It's okay. And knowing when there are times that I want stuff to figure things out. And there's times that I just want to have entertainment for right now. And that's okay. Take an inventory of your life of what you are grateful for. Really? I've spent so much time and I'm so grateful that I have a pretty strong gratitude practice because man, it's been more automatic for me this week. I've just noticed like, wow, I'm really grateful for this or wow, I'm really grateful for this. Or, I'm really grateful that I set up my business this way. I'm just really grateful. Like I'm grateful for the poppies that are growing outside my window. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my family's health. Now, maybe you haven't practiced that to the degree and this may be a new skill set, and that's okay gratitude is a great way to help you move through this and help you not take on other people's energy. So instead of trying to manage the outside world and their emotions, I invite you to focus on what you need to fill yourself up in these uncertain and unprecedented times. It's time for you to get grounded so that you have the capacity to handle your emotions and the emotions around you. And what I mean by handling their emotions around you is not taking it on, knowing what you are responsible for and knowing what you're not responsible for. Right now in this world, we need more compassion and empathy for ourselves and for each other. And this doesn't mean that it's okay to do others harm. It doesn't mean that leaders can take advantage of those that they're supposed to serve. That's not what compassion is because compassion has boundaries. Compassion is kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. So kindness, 
treating ourselves and the people that we care about or don't care about the way we would want to be treated. Just treating people with kindness. Common humanity is this understanding that we're not the only ones. And especially in this global pandemic, we really aren't the only ones. You're not alone, my friend. And mindfulness is our ability to understand our thoughts and our feelings without attaching to them. To understand here are the thoughts and the feelings that I have, but not attached to them. That's really, really important as you're managing all the emotions around you. Empathy is the ability to hold space and have perspective and check in with the stories and be, you know, be grounded once again. When you can have empathy, I think of holding space as we have this stainless steel bowl that if our kids get sick growing up, we'd be like, oh, here's the bowl that you throw up in, right? Or you throw up into a, the toilet. We're never allowed to like throw up on, you know, the carpet or something because that's who wants to clean up carpet throw up. But I think about holding space of that if somebody's throwing up, you're holding that container for them. Maybe you're rubbing their back, you're holding their hair out and you're allowing for them to have, you're supporting them as they go through this process of not feeling good and being sick and throwing up. And when that's holding space is holding that container for when they do that. So it doesn't get on you. You don't get infected. You don't get dirty with the throw up holding space for other people, not taking it on like a hot potato. They're going to throw it onto you and it's going to burn your hands. So showing up with compassion instead of judgment, anger, and fear when you go on social media, showing up with empathy where you can hold the space and allow people to feel their feelings instead of thinking that they shouldn't feel this way. Just allow it and just take it as interesting. You know, be curious about it. Don't take on their feelings. And understanding the other part that's really important in empathy is understanding that when maybe one person's trauma may not be another person's trauma. There's not the trauma Olympics. Carla McElhern, we discussed this in other podcasts about emotions. She taught me that there's no such thing as trauma Olympics. And we don't want to think that somebody's fear is ridiculous. It's their fear. We just don't have to attach to their fear. I invite you to not judge and instead that know each of us has our own capacity for emotional resilience. So don't take on their emotions. If we are grounded, we don't need to contribute to the emotional mess by starting to judge them, by thinking it shouldn't be happening, by being angry that they are upset. Instead, be responsible with our emotional energy. And actually that can bring the energy level down. That's why when I'm on those pool decks, I show up with lots of compassion and empathy for everybody because it's a way, it's the antidote. It's the antidote to shame, bringing that calm, reminding people we're going to be okay, never lying, but being calm. So I invite you to prepare yourself as there's going to be more challenging days as people get exhausted. Take care of yourself sleep, eat food that nourishes you. Be aware, even when you want to protect and numb away with food, alcohol, and distractions, be aware and know what your capacity is and give yourself permission to go to sleep. Give yourself permission to disconnect from the news, the social media, or your ability to hold space for somebody. Maybe that's all that you have capacity for right now. When you take care of you, you have the ability then to take care of so many others. 
And my friend, we will need you in the upcoming months. So it's now your turn to test it out. Time out for five minutes. Give yourself a time out. Do that. Step away from the phone or others. Check in with yourself. Notice how you're feeling. Name the feeling. Take four deep breaths, the square breathing. Notice what these negative feelings are telling you. And then take an inventory. Why are you susceptible to other people's emotions? What do you need? Is it sleep? Is it space from other people for even just a moment? Is it to figure out what is true of all the thoughts that are swirling around in your brain that you started to collect over a period of weeks and now they're just kind of boiling over? Do you need connection with somebody that you love or you care about or somebody that's a safe place for you? Do you need to disconnect from social media? Do you need to stop watching or reading the news? Do you need to fill your brain with entertaining or joyful things? Is it time to practice gratitude and take an inventory of what you have to be grateful for right now, right now, right here in this moment? Remember, my friend, we are resilient. Remember, humans have emotions. That's what makes it so amazing. And it can also be so painful. (laughs) right? Because when we are in that pain, we are in that pain. Notice when you're more susceptible to other people's emotions and learn what you can do to ground yourself so you don't take on other people's emotions. Over time, you will increase your ability to manage the emotions around you without managing the people, but by managing what you let in and what you keep out. And get yourself rooted in compassion and empathy. Ground yourself and you will be astonished at how resilient that makes you around other people's emotions. My friend, remember, give yourself permission. Just because somebody passes the hot potato to you, passes their emotions to you, does not mean you need to catch it. And you can stay grounded with compassion and empathy. Big hugs big love. Until next time. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know, what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.